Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. All right. Hey, welcome, everybody. We are glad you're in the house this morning. Thank you for coming out. Super excited about kicking off a new series today. You know, first service after we sang that uh, song's power in the name to break every chain, I just, something just rose up on my spirit about praying over that and I didn't do it. And then the Holy Spirit stopped me about halfway through my announcements. So I'm going to be wise and just go ahead and do it this time. All right, and we're gonna do it right now. So here's what, here's what I was just, you know, the last several weeks I've been praying, just taking authority over sickness and disease and a lot of things going on. But I, I just think God keeps wanting us to do that. So we're gonna keep praying uh, as long as he leads us to do that. And so, man, that song especially, his name breaks the chain. That's what I was rolling around to me. His name breaks the chain. So I wanna encourage you guys, his name breaks the chain, amen? The name of Jesus, there's power in the name. So I don't know if anything, what you've walked in here today with, what you're dealing with, struggling with, probably something for every one of us, maybe all different, maybe a lot of it the same, but the answer is always the same, and that is Jesus. And so if you would join with me, let's pray for a minute. Father, we just thank you for the mighty name of Jesus being given to us. And it's through his name, not only do we find our freedom, Father God, but we also find our restoration, our deliverance, our healing, our provision. And so in Jesus' name. The name that breaks every chain, we declare that we are healed and whole in the mighty name of Jesus, that we are blessed, Father God, that we prosper, Father, that we walk in your health, we walk in, Father, your victory. I just, Father, just declare in Jesus' name on behalf of everyone gathered here that the name of Jesus rules and reigns in this place and in our lives and every circumstance and every situation, Father. We declare and use the authority given to us in the name of Jesus. And Father, we declare no harm shall be false, no plague shall come nigh our dwelling. And it doesn't matter, I saw the headlines on the news today, Lord, and it said, this word was used, that the flu's on the rampage, but not here in Jesus' name, amen? Not here in Jesus' name, the name that's greater than. So we thank you for it, Father, give you glory and honor in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, aren't you glad for the name of Jesus? Amen, thankful for that. So just wanted to... Man, stay steady in all that. Keep praying, keep using the name of Jesus. Hey, a couple things you saw that on the end, the MyTOLC account. If you're new here or you've been here for a while and haven't created your own account, then go do that. It's pretty simple. You can go online to the website and find the instructions to do that. But it's important to have a MyTOLC account. That's how we communicate with you. We'll send emails about activities and events. We'll get, get a hold of you, if you will, or let you know what's going on that way. You can go on the website and, and look at the calendars, etc. That's just an easy way for us to, to keep in touch with you about things happening at Tree Life. You can see what's going on with life groups and community groups. And then also you can get your giving statement. I know a lot of you are uh, preparing your taxes for this last year. And so uh, you're, you're wanting to know your giving record. And, and let me say this. I think everybody should download their giving record and take it to the tax man. Amen. I just think that's good stewardship and it's non-taxable. I just want to, that's what we do. And so we take it. It's not to show anybody. We don't show it to anybody else. Look what we did or anything like, look what God does. But more importantly, I think if there's a, if there's a, a benefit from that, I think it's wise to take advantage of that. So that's just my two cents worth on that. But nonetheless, that's how you can get your giving statements. So go online and make that happen. It's really simple. You want to be, you'll be glad that you did. Also, the first Sunday of every month, we designate Mission Sunday. We made an adjustment. You're welcome to give into missions this Sunday if you came prepared to do that. But with being Super Bowl Sunday, we weren't going to do the cafe because we know a lot of you guys are going to eat wings and ribs and all that kind of stuff today and enjoying all that. And we hope that you have a great time doing that. So next weekend, come prepared to eat in our cafe breakfast and lunch. And uh, you're going to support a restaurant. So 
support missions. Amen? And so come and do that here and be a blessing in that way and come ready to give into missions. And so we're excited about that. Hey, but today we're kicking off a brand new series called Love Song. And so uh, I'm really excited, a little nervous. Thank you, Lemoyne's excited and, uh, uh, about it. And um, it's, a great, it's a great topic. It's a necessary topic. And so uh, you know, this kind of came out as I'm planning out the year, just praying and seeing you know, the direction that the Lord would lead. Uh, coming off the series uh, that we called Uncompromised and how to live in a in an ungodly world, how to live godly in an ungodly world. And, and there's a lot of compromise happening and more and more because of the worldly influence, the worldly mindset. Well, one of the areas I think we are pressured, reprogrammed to compromise the most in is the area of relationships, dating, sex, and marriage. And so uh, we're going to take that these next five weeks all the way to the first Sunday in uh, March. We're going to do this series called Love Song. And we're going to look into a book called The Song of Songs. Now, it might be in your book, The Song of Solomon. You can go ahead and turn there. And so The Song of Songs really is the appropriate translation written by Solomon. And so we're going to take that kind of chapter by chapter throughout the, the length of the series. But, but let, me, let me say a few things to, to get going this morning. Listen, there's no condemnation in here. If you feel any condemnation in message, it's the devil lying to you. And condemnation is telling me you're not good enough. You can't do it. You never will. You never can. There's no way out. And if you feel a sense of, I need to make a change. That's the Holy Spirit. Conviction would say, conviction is healthy and necessary. That would say, you know what? I can do this a better way. There is a way out and God provides the way. Amen? He makes all things new. And so I want to start off by saying that this morning. Uh, the word is the word and we need to look at all of it. And we believe in, in preaching the uncompromised word of God here. And so in particular in this topic, um, I believe there's some of the things we're all going to learn and not from a standpoint of not measuring up, but from getting in things in the proper order. And God and the Holy Spirit will empower you and help you to do that. So I just want to encourage you, don't get discouraged today. Look at the hope that comes with Jesus where he makes a way where there seems to be no way and he makes all things new. So here's what you can't do during this series. You can't hear all this and assess where you're at and say, well, it's too late. You can't do that because God is in the business of making things new and giving you a fresh start and a new beginning through the person and power of the Holy Spirit. Hey, it's never too late. And I love that. I love that. And I just want to say, give God's, give God's way a shot. Give it a shot. The, can I, the world's way is not working. What do you have to lose? Give God's way a shot. God created marriage. He created dating. He created relationship. He created sex. He has got the best way. And so this month, we're going to spend not just here in the main sanctuary, we're also spending time, the student ministries is doing a series on relationships, the children's ministry is doing a series on relationships, and we also have a class going on at the nine o'clock service in the Married for Life room doing a series on marriage relationships. And so I want to encourage you, take advantage, get your kids, teens, be everywhere, take advantage of that. Now real quick, if you're like, well, if I go to that class, that marriage class, listen, it's not just if you're having issues with your marriage, who knows who's going through what in there. Can I tell you something? Sometimes preventive medicine is the best to take, all right? And so you know, go and enjoy that support for your marriage. That's under attack. We, could need, we need that. Um, and I just want to encourage you that if you're going, what if I go to a class first service, then you come to second service and have your spiritual experience here. And we take great ki- care of your kids. Your kids are in children's ministry, first service. Hey, can I tell you this? They got it really good because second service, they have a game room. Two service kids get to enjoy a game room. And it's probably, don't tell my kids that. <laughs> They'll want me to come to two. No, I'm just kidding. So um, we, they have a game room. We have it all taken care of anyway. So a lot of stuff going on. Want to let you know about that for sure. Um, just a little bit of background about the book. There's this, Solomon's the third king. It's King Saul. 
King David, King Solomon. He wrote three books. He wrote the Song of Solomon, Song of Songs. He wrote uh, Ecclesiastes, and then he wrote most of Proverbs. There was a few other writers in there. He was known as the wisest man in the Bible, and so I think it's amazing and awesome that the wisest man in the Bible who God gave this great wisdom to is writing a book really on dating, sex, and relationship. That just makes sense. God, you are so smart, right? The smartest guy on the planet is writing the book on the most difficult, controversial, perverted subject that there can be. So he's got it covered. I'm telling you, God's got it covered. And so we're going to take a look into the Song of Songs. Um, it's called the Song of Songs because uh, Solomon wrote over a thousand. You can look in the book of uh, First Kings and you'll see it says that he wrote over a thousand songs. But he, this is, he's saying, but this is the one. It's like saying Jesus is the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. This song is the song of songs. He's saying, hey, this is the best one out there. This is the song, if anything else, you need to grab a hold of. So a couple ground rules for you. Listen for yourself. Thank you again. I'm going to preach right here to these guys. Listen for yourself. No elbowing. No, uh uh-huh, right? Look at your neighbor, spouse. No, amen, brother. Yeah, no. No going home and saying, you needed to hear today's message. You're going to watch that on the stream. Or, you know, this for you, okay? Let's look at it that way. It's for me. Number two, don't get discouraged. We're all striving to live up to the standard of God's word. And we have good days and bad days. But when we hear the truth of the word, it's not to, it's not to discourage us. It's to encourage us that there's a way out. There's a new start, a new beginning for us. So don't get discouraged. You get a do-over. Uh, rule number three, this is a PG-13 series. Why? We're in church. Can I say, church needs to talk Bible talk. It needs to teach Bible things. Because the world is, two reasons why. Number one, that there is an abundant, abundance of information on this subject in the scripture. God obviously wanted us to know something about it. And number two, the world's talking about it. And they have the wrong perspective. And they've perverted what God's created. So the church needs to be the church, needs to speak the truth in love. Um, And it's going to get a little spicy, especially in week four when we talk about the honeymoon night. Um, But it's the Bible. It's important. It's necessary. And New York's thinking, in church? Seriously? It's church. Seriously, in church. Hey, can I say it? It's not an easy thing for me to talk about these subjects. My mom's on the front row. (laughs) Embarrassing. Embarrassing. I'm 50, but it's embarrassing still. Okay. Uh, let me tell you this. We have great children's ministry. So if you have, your children have not experienced it yet, they need to experience it. It will be a wonderful thing. Or you'll be answering a whole lot of questions you may not have been ready to yet. Okay? And then we have a great student ministry, uh, junior high ministry, mid-high ministry going on as well. They're doing a series on da- dating relationships. I'll let you determine that. But I think that grab a hold of this series and go back and watch it with your teenagers and use it as a teaching tool because there's a lot of things that'll come up in the series that'll be great talking points for you and your teen. And you'll get a biblical perspective on it, which is what you need. And so we're going to help you, equip you in that way. It's available for you to participate in that way. And so, hey, trust me, your kids are hearing stuff... Way more detail than what we're going to talk about in here on the playground, in the locker room, at school, etc. So uh, we want to get God's word out there for you. Um, you need to know it. It's written like a poem. It has a lot of allegory, which means symbolism in there. And so I've done all the hard work for you. Um, it was spoken in terms of that day. They would understand it. It would make a lot of sense. Today, we need to break it down based on culture, give you a little bit more context to understand it, and proper application can come in today's world. Uh, but people in that day would have known what these type of phrases mean, and I would not recommend using these. Number one, uh, here's one that we'll discover. Your belly is like a heap of wheat. Men... Don't go there, okay? 
All right. Your hair is like a flock of goats. Your teeth like fresh sheared lambs. How about your garments fragrance? Smell like the fragrance of Lebanon. I just don't think that can be good. I don't know how you, that one. You don't see those on Valentine cards. But we'll look into the culture of these things. And here's one for you. Uh, If you tell her, here man, if you tell her she looks like a mare, she might think you're talking about her strong teeth and large hindquarters. Not good. Not a good thing. But they all, here's the thing about it. We'll have some fun in it, but, but they all have great meaning really clear application to life. And so even the language of the day helps us in our language of today. And so it is timeless, the word, the Bible's timeless. Uh, Last thing you need to know, there's three people speaking in this poem. Uh, Solomon is one, he's the lover, that's the man. The beloved, depending on your translation, the beloved uh, is when she speaks. And then there's the daughters of Jerusalem, which is kind of her friends, just kind of watching everything that's going on and just learning and observing and commenting on it. And so today we're gonna start with attraction. That's our starting point because as the book progresses, it starts with attraction. They're not really even dating yet. It starts with attraction and gets into dating and then we get into the honeymoon then we get into the first fight which came right after the honeymoon, surprise, surprise. And then we get into other things like deepening our marriage relationship and faithfulness and covenant. So we'll walk it out. So we're going to start with attraction today which is a great starting point and it's important for us to learn about biblical godly attraction because I think if there's one, one place that's really screwed up, the world has is the area of attraction. They've placed value on things that really God doesn't place as high a value on. There's an order that's proper. And when you get things out of godly or biblical order, then things begin to go wrong. And if you can work on getting these right, then I believe that getting these better, let's say it that way, then life can be way better. So we want the right attraction. God has a lot to say about it. So um, before I get going, song of songs, Uh, chapter one, there's application for everybody in these messages. Don't just check out because, well, I'm already married or I'm single. Listen, you need to apply this to every area of your life and you can find application for it. And then, of course, we know people that could be blessed by if we will introduce them to that. They can invite them here and then they can watch on stream as well. But Song of Songs, chapter one, verse one, one through three really kind of gives us an overview of the whole book. So here's what it says. Solomon's Song of Songs, just emphasizing, I wrote a, a thousand and five songs, but this is the most important. And it says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine. Pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is like the perfume poured out. No wonder the young women love you. And if you'll keep that up there for a minute, let me explain what is being talked about here. They're talking about your love is more delightful than wine. And in the context of the chapters, it's setting us up the overall picture of what it's about. Basically what he's talking about here, and we'll explain it, is no one loves, it's being talked about Solomon. No one loves like you love Solomon. Nobody loves like you. And they're not talking about sex. They're not talking about necessarily about romance. No one loves like that. They're talking about the relationship he has with God. God's loving me through you. God's loving through you. This isn't just about sex. This is really about an overall picture of loving the way God loves. That, oh, that we would be people to love the way God loves. When we love the way God loves, we are attractive. The, the, the world looks and wants what we have. This is talking about that when we lean into God, we love like he loves. It says, your name or your reputation are known for how you love. Solomon, you have a reputation of how you love people. That's what you're known by. When people think about Solomon, sure, they think about the wisest man, if you will, but they're thinking about that man loves like God loves. 
Perfume poured out, the scripture said. Perfume poured out. What it's talking about here, perfume back in that day was of the highest value. It means you love with the highest love. Because perfume was the most expensive thing most people would have in their home. It was so rare, it was so precious, it had great value. And so they're saying, you have great value the way you love. It was pure, it is precious. And it says and ends with this, no wonder the young women or the daughters of Jerusalem love you. No wonder everyone else wants you. No matter every, no wonder everyone wants to be around you. I want to be around that guy. I want to hang out with him. You don't hear like, let's go hang out with Solomon. No, I don't like that guy. <laughs> it's we want to be around that. People want to be around that. So it's expressing here in these first three scriptures, really an overview of the book. So let's get into it. Song of Solomon's then chapter, I mean, I'm sorry, chapter one, verse four. Here's what it says. Take me away with you. She's saying, I'm ready. Let's get in this relationship going. Let's get dating. Let's get started here. Let us hurry. Get into this dating relationship. Let the king bring me into his chambers. Says this in the next verse. Uh, it goes on to say, we rejoice in delight and delight in you. We will praise your love more than wine. How right they are to adore you the way that you love. Listen to this, verse five. Dark am I, yet lovely, daughters of Jerusalem. Dark am I, yet lovely. It speaks to attraction. And this is where we're going today. The art of attraction, if you will. We're going to learn what is attractive, what does God make attractive, and we're going to learn the order of attraction. And and what she's saying basically here is she's talking about herself and her physical appearance. Dark am I yet lovely. Here's, understand this, back in the day culturally, that, that the darker you were, that meant the more time you spent out in the sun. We know that to be true. But more time you spent out in the sun laboring. It wasn't an attractive thing, which is interesting because today it's like the darker you are, the more, everybody wants to tan, right? Everybody wants to be a tan. I've been trying for years. I can't get past white. Well, red, if you count red. But it's like, it's that, and today we value that, but, but what it represented that day is somebody working out in the fields all day. Basically, you could say it this way, my hands are rough, my feet are rough, I've been out working hard all day, I probably look like I've been in the fields all day, I'm tired, I'm wore out, yet I'm lovely. And what she's saying is the attraction that Solomon has on her is not based physic- on physical. Well, at least I thought parents would get a good amen on that one, right? It's not, it's not physical attraction. It's saying the value of greatest value is not physical attraction. I want you to notice also as we walk through the order how it's laid out here. And so let me say this. If you're not married, you need to know the order of attraction. And it doesn't begin with physical or what we should be attracted to, which is so counterculture. We've been trained differently. Also, if you're single, you need to know what makes you attractive, the way that God had set it up, the way God's way says, not the world's way. And if you're married, we still need to work at being attractive, We work really hard at it until we get married. Then it kind of all stops a little bit there. But we need to not be attractive to anybody else at that point. But we still need to work on being attractive to our spouses. And so we need to learn this principle here. She's saying, he wasn't attracted to my body. Basically, the physical me, he's saying. Um, She's talking about how something more that's attracted to him. Dark am I, yet lovely daughters of Jerusalem. Dark like the tents of Kedar, like the tent curtains of Solomon, which were pitch black. Do not stare at me because I'm dark. Don't look at me because I'm not nice to look at. I'm not pretty to look at because I'm darkened by the sun. And here she tells us why she's so darkened. My mother's sons were angry. My stepbrothers were angry with me and made me take care of their fields. 
Then she says, my own vineyard, and vineyard right there is the word for body. It represents an allegory for her body. My own body, I had neglect. Hey, don't look at me. I'm not much to look at. I mean, I haven't had time to take care of myself. I'm working outside all day. I'm tired. I'm dirty. I'm wore out. There's nothing really physically attractive about me. Here's what she's saying. She says, even though I'm dark and wore out and tired and rough and dirty, he still likes me. He's still interested. In other words, I'm attractive even though I'm not physically attractive. It's built on something different. Don't stare at me. Don't focus on my physical appearance. Young people, don't let that be the first thing you're attracted to. Do not let that be the first thing you're attracted to. Uh, First of all, it doesn't stay that way. (laughs) It doesn't. Surprise. It doesn't stay that way. No, remember, no elbowing or anything like that, right? We just talked about that. Okay. Amen, brother. No, don't say that, okay? Don't build it on that. It's a moving target. Some of you will get that later. Um, He says, my own body I've neglected, but he still loves me. Let's look at verse seven. Here's what he says. Keeps going. Verse seven. Tell me, you whom I love, where you graze your flock and where you rest your sheep at midday. And listen to this question. Fantastic question. Why should I be like the veiled women beside the flocks of your friends? Why should I be like the veiled women by the flocks of your friends. Here's what she's saying. Why should I be like everybody else? Why should I be like the worldly women? Because here's, here's what this means. The veiled women is in reference to the prostitutes who would come and hang out and try to track these people for obvious reasons. And so she's saying, I'm not gonna be like everybody else. I'm not gonna try and win you over with physical attraction. I'm not gonna be that person. Can I tell you young people? Can I tell you young ladies? Don't worry about that. Don't worry, don't, don't be like everybody else. Don't, don't let them touch everything, try everything, do everything. Don't let that happen. You don't have to. You don't have to. Don't be like everyone else. Don't be like the world. Don't be like the world. She's like, it's not really based on physical attraction. She's like, why should I let you touch anything you want? Why should I act that way? Why should I act the worldly way? She's saying, let me tell you why he's attracted to me. Here's why I'm attractive to Solomon. Here's why this great catch, listen, there could be no greater catch in the kingdom than the king. Here's why this great catch thinks I'm all that. It's because I don't compromise my values. It's because... I, there's something more attractive to me because I'm spiritually attracted to him. That's number one. The order, God's order is be spiritually attractive. That's so counterculture, but it's so God. Be spiritually attractive. There's something deeper there than to base your attraction on. There's something there that's more lasting. And so as Solomon's looking at her and saying, now that's a woman I can spend the rest of my life with. There's something deeper to her, something more to her. She said, he looked at me and saw me as someone he could spend the rest of his life with. He sees someone who loves and understands God. That's what Solomon, the best catch in the land. What does he see in me? I'm not that physical. He sees someone who loves and understands God. And married people, if you've lost that love and feeling, singles, if you are wanting to be attractive or find out how to be attractive, husbands, if you want to be attractive again to your wife, wives, if you want to be attractive again to your husband, listen to this husband's like, let me say this for a second to the men and, and don't take this hard or whatever, just take this as truth and, and following the principle of God's word. Listen, you need to be spiritually attractive to your wife. In fact, that's really what's going to really turn her on probably more than else as the later years come, right? It is. Did you hear that clap by my wife right there? Did you hear that? I'm not going to look right there. I'm not even going to look. The whole rest of the service, I'm not looking right there. I'm not. So guys, let me just give you some tips, guys, really honestly. Here's the reality of it, that that spiritual leader is attractive 
to women and to your spouse. You want to be, get that love and feeling back in your marriage? Be spiritually attracted to your spouse. You come in here, let me just say it this way. You come in here uh, on Sunday mornings, stuff, guys, get your hands out of your pocket and worship the Lord a little bit. And she'll look at you and go, ooh la la, that's my man right there. She will. She will. Hey, I'm going to start kneeling and laying before the Lord on the floor. I might run around the building once or twice through the Jericho march. But it's true. It's true. And start somewhere. You don't have to go like out of your pockets to touchdown. You don't have to do that right, right away. It's a process, guys. I mean, you might start with hold the baby, hold the baby, hold the baby, hold the baby, right that, that right? And then like, how big was the fish? How big was the fish? Right here, worshiping Jesus. Carry the TV, 55-inch TV, 55-inch Super Bowl TV, Super Bowl TV. Touchdown, Eagles. Woo! <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Every woman in this room wants a spiritual leader. They do. It's true. It's true. It's true. So singles, don't compromise. Don't compromise. Young people, don't compromise. Don't let them touch you, sir. Get your hands off her. And if you like it, then you better put a ring on it. All right, so if you want to be attractive or if you want to get it back, it comes when you love and honor God. When you love, why wouldn't it be that way? God set it up. Why are we all of a sudden let the world reprogram us and think they know the way? Hey, it's not working. It's not working. Love and honor. God. The daughters of Jerusalem are, are going, how in the world you wore out <laughs> dark, rough feet, smelly, tired, sun-baked thing. Did you get Solomon? And she says, because I didn't act like a veiled woman. I didn't act like a worldly woman. I didn't compromise my values. I didn't compromise my belief system. And Solomon thought, man, that's someone I can live the rest of my life with. Here's another way to be attractive. Uh, Connect to your God-given purpose. Listen, connect to your God-given purpose. Serve somewhere. You just saw that we celebrated the all-star the all-stars that serve here, we call them the all-stars. We, do, we couldn't do it without them. We have 220 plus that make it happen every Sunday. We had almost 400 at the, at the party celebrating them. You get on the all-star team, serve somewhere. But if you guys, are, if you guys want to connect, husband and wife, you really want to connect, serve somewhere together. Amen. Serve in children's ministry together. Help in the classroom. Help in the game room together. Help in the cafe on Mission Sunday together. Greet together. Serve together. Go on outreaches together. Go on a missions trip together. Be a life group leader together. Find something to do together to advance the kingdom of God. It'll make a difference in your relationship. It'll make a difference in your marriage. Uh, Lead a small group. I think a lot of couples ought to be leading small groups for other couples. You'll get your eyes off yourself and you'll get your act together when there are 20 people counting on you. It's just true. I promise you, and I promise you this, you're a life group leader, I promise you this, one hour before the group's supposed to come over your house, you will fight like cats and dogs. You'll have the biggest fight of your life, one hour. And then right before you open that door, because the first car pulled up, you'll think, can we just make peace, honey? Can we make peace if we be okay? Because if you don't have that, that fight will go on forever. At least you got people counting on you. It'll help you kind of find peace and make amends. And sometimes we're fighting and fighting and fighting because we're not following our God-given purpose. It'll make a difference. Do that together. Otherwise, you have no purpose, and there's no reason to stop the fight. It can go on forever. Uh, last one here, have godly standards. Have godly standards. Young people, find, if you find someone you're interested in, they're interested in you, you look like, it looks like it could go this way, then have the conversation early. 
Have the conversations early. I'm interested in, in seeing where this goes, but let me tell you where it's not going, where it's not going to happen. We're not going there. If you, if you leave it not discussed, it will go there. You realize the world's been programming us a certain way for so long and so suddenly, sometimes in your face, more so today, 90% of sex on TV happens outside of marriage. 90% of sex on TV happens outside of marriage. And they show you it's great and wonderful and exciting and all stuff, but what they don't show you, the reality is the pregnancy, if you will, the broken heart, the broken relationships, the pain, the hurt, the regret, the guilt, they don't show you all that. God's way doesn't have those things associated with that. And again, not a, not a condemnation thing, right? He makes everything new, fresh start, new beginning. But we need to get back to God's standard. Come on, that was a good preaching point right there. We need to get back to God's standard. All right. All right, so one, chapter one, verse nine says right here, uh, I liken you, my darling, here we go, to a mare among Pharaoh's chariot horses. Now, before we just laugh at the, the mare joke right there, listen, understand that the horses that pulled the Pharaoh's chariot, they were the best in the land. They were the most noble. They were the most magnificent. They were the most majestic. They, they, were, they were the most beautiful, if you will, horses. It's like all the qualities that everyone would want. That's the horse that pulled Pharaoh's chariot. So it's like, I, those are qualities I want to be around. Those are qualities I want to spend time with. I, I would de, I delight in that. I want to be around that. I want to be, and notice how he says this uh, in verse nine. If we can go back. I liken you, my darling. The word, my, the words, my darling, darling there, really in the Hebrew, really translated means my best friend. This is someone he's gotten close to like a companion, like a friend. There are relationships that we are in or people are in that aren't even built on friendship. There's relationships that aren't even built on friendship. They're built on all the wrong things. My darling, my best friend. It seems like we don't develop the friendships anymore. We'd rather spend time apart than together. Hobbies, work, other people. We only get together for certain things. What Solomon says here is, I liken you to my best friend. Remember the order. We'll get there, spiritual. And we're gonna get to that point too in just a second. Goes on to say this, let me give it to you. Your cheeks are beautiful with earrings, your neck with strings of jewels will make you earrings of gold studded with silver. While the king was at his table, my perfume spread its fragrance. My beloved is to me a sachet of myrrh resting between my breasts. Now, let me say this. I have no idea what a sachet of myrrh is, but I'll bet you he was glad he was one. <laughs> it's the Bible. All right. Well, let me tell you what that means. What this literally means is she was thinking about him. He was close to her heart. She was thinking about him all the time, all night long. When they were together, he was, she was thinking about him. Even when they were apart at night or whatever, she was thinking about him. So attraction number two is emotional attraction. First one is spiritual. Second one is emotional attraction. Best friends, emotional relationship, thinking about each other, companionship. We need to relearn the art of friendship. Uh, the world has perverted even friendship anymore. We need to le relearn the art of friendship. Get close together again. Uh, 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 find someone who is a friend. Find someone who is a friend. Develop the friendship, a true companion. I, I just, Jessamy's my best friend. And I don't say that just like, oh, you know. I mean, I, honestly, I'd rather spend time with her. I mean, I, sometimes she's like, don't you have any friends you want to go hang out with? <laughs> just want to be with you. <laughs> So there's a friendship that I just, I'd rather spend my time with her and it's, we just enjoy each other together. We enjoy talking, laughing, doing things together. 
maybe some of that needs to be restored. Let me give you another point uh, under, under emotional attraction. Listen, don't use harsh, don't be harsh with words. We need to learn not to be harsh with words. That lands hard on her. We're not, hey, listen, men, we're not attractive when we, we speak harsh words. We're unattractive when we speak harsh words. And doesn't, there's nothing attractive about that at all. Young people, let me say this. Get around their families. Spend time around their families. Watch and listen. Girls, watch how he talks to his mom. Watch how he treats and talks to his mom because he's gonna treat and talk to you the same way. Girls, watch, watch how he treats and talks to his mom. Guys, watch how she treats and talks to her dad because that's how she's gonna treat and talk to you. Honor and respect. If they're disrespectful, that's how they'll be with you. Date them long enough to see and hear what they really say and do. Get past the sweet talk. Get past the being on my best behavior thing long enough, be around it, listen, watch, and learn these principles. Not with harsh words. If they're disrespectful, that's how they're gonna be with you. And, and let, me, let me say this. We need to be kind, compassionate, and respect. But let me say this. Adultery doesn't start with a desire for sex. It starts with a desire for affirmation. A desire for affirmation. When a vacuum of affirmation is, it's when a vacuum of affirmation is filled by somebody else. Because our emotional tank's not being filled by our spouse. When's the last time you filled your spouse's emotional tank uh, we had been moving, we, we'd been out of town at a leadership retreat, and uh, we just got back last night, but we had been moving before that. Had to hurry and get some stuff done before we left to go out of town, and man, it was hard. That's, uh, moving is hard. We have, uh, we've accumulated a lot of stuff over time. Man, up and downstairs, up, I'll never get a two-story home again. Up and downstairs, up and downstairs, I was wore out. I was, I, I actually felt, first time I felt my age. And so uh, she came in one day, she goes, she goes honey, I'm just, I'm just so impressed. You, man, you have worked your tail off all this and out. You've done so much more and all this kind of stuff. And that just really meant the world to me. I'm just like, thanks, honey. And then as soon as she walked out of the room, I collapsed to the floor, hurting, painful. I can't move, couldn't breathe. Somebody give me some water. It was, but it really meant so much to me. You need to feel your spouse's emotional tank. See, to her, it's about who she is and it's affirming her qualities. To him, it's about who, what he's done and affirming his abilities. You need to affirm the right things or someone else will. Because it's a principle. You need to affirm the right things, that emotional attraction. And we need to learn this, last one here in this point, take captive every thought. Take captive every thought. Don't dwell on those things. Ladies, you may lay down at night and you may not have a sachet of myrrh between your breasts, but you may have, I wonder why he's late. I wonder who he's talking to. You may have, why did he walk out of the room when he got that phone call? We need to be filling emotional tanks with our spouses, emotionally attractive. We need to get back to that. That's why there better be some emotional attraction going on. Let me, let me say this formula this way. It starts with spiritual attraction. I say that's about 75% of the equation. God first. Then it's emotional attraction. I'd say it's about 20% of the equation. And then finally, 5%. Here we go. That's left is 5% of the equation. Song of Songs says this way, verse 15 through 17 says this. How beautiful you are, my darling. Now noticing physical attributes. And let me say this, we'll get into that more in another lesson. I'll let you know about that ahead of time. But here's where we are in chapter one. How beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful your eyes are doves. How handsome you are, my beloved. Oh, how charming our bed is verdant. Now listen to this next scripture. 
The beams of our house are cedars, our rafters are firs. And what it's talking about there is our foundation is built on something other than being physical. We have a strong foundation built. Our foundation is built on spiritual attraction and emotional attraction. We have spent time building a strong foundation before we got physical. Come on. Come on. We have spent time building a strong foundation before we got physical. Now, I know I said 5% of it's physical, but listen, that 5% can destroy everything. It can literally destroy everything. We need to understand that. Physical attraction. They were focusing on physical features, but notice they say the house has to be built on solid things first. So if we're going to get to that point through the relationship, dating, marriage, we have to do it right. Physical attraction. Uh, we, we will get to that again, like I said, another couple lessons. But listen, again, this is a very, very important point because even though it's a small percentage, it can easily destroy everything. And God has incredible standards and he has a lot to say on the topic. And again, let me just stop for one minute. And I don't want to qualify everything and say this, no condemnation. All right? That's the great thing. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Amen? We thank him for his grace. New beginnings, new starts. Fresh start, clean slate. Notice, he's, notice he focuses on her inner beauty. There's something that attracted her to him beyond the physical and to him to her beyond the physical. We need to develop the inner beauty and let it work outwardly. See, culture says we need to work on the outer beauty and hope that it works inward. But God says work on the inward beauty and it will go outward. We need to focus on things beyond the lies that the world is telling us the magazine covers tell us, internet tells us, TV tells us. Can I tell you, even on the magazine, the most beautiful one on the magazine, she's been airbrushed. You see it because they're all coming out against it. Right now, they're all showing their flaws and everything. And so listen, the world is selling a bunch of lies we've been li- buying into for way too long. It's time we get back to God's standards. The world will lie to you. We set expectations based on lies that are impossible to reach. We need to get our mind back on what true beauty really is. She says this, chapter two, verse one, getting ready to close. Listen, all this we said, all this we talked about, how she didn't think she was lovely. Initially, don't look at me, don't look at me. I'm dark, I've been out in the field all day. I'm wore out. But look at, look at this now. I am, here's what she said. I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. Like a lily among thorns is my darling among the young women. This is what he's saying. But she says, I'm like the rose of Sharon. This dark wore out, tired, rough, been out in the sun all day long, working girl that didn't want anybody looking, don't look at me because of this. Now is what she's saying. I'm beautiful. I'm secure in my beauty. I'm like the rose of Sharon. Why? Because that's how he's loving her. And then her security and love is not based on physical things, which is fleeting. It's based on lasting things, which is God. And so now all of a sudden she's coming and saying that she, look how secure she's become, even though physically she didn't think she was that attractive. And so he says, you're more attractive than all the other daughters of Jerusalem, all the other lilies in the valleys. But understand this, even with all that nice stuff and he's loving her, encouraging her, as can happen, she gets so swept up by him. She gets so caught up by him in all this. She's like, okay, I can't resist any longer. Come on, let's, let's go to bed. I can't take it anymore. Look what, he's, look what happens in verse five. And this is our last scripture. 
Strengthen me with raisins, refresh me with apples, for I am faint with love. I'm overwhelmed by this. And she, raisins and apples, the way that they were fixed that day were aphrodisiacs. And so she's saying, I can't resist this any longer. So his left arm was under my head, if you can picture this, and his right arm embraces me. It really gives the posture of laying down. He put his arm under her head and put his other arm around him in this embrace. And then all of a sudden, daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field. Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. Basically, he's saying this, stop. I mean, we got a little carried away here. But Solomon, shut it down. Things got a little hot and heavy and we were progressing out of order, but Solomon shut it down. And she's saying, on daughters of Jerusalem, just do what Solomon did. Don't get to that point. You need to shut it down. Listen, it's not, it doesn't say love until it desires. It's not saying it that way to follow your desires. That's what got him to there. It's saying, till you follow God's process, you follow God's order. That's what it literally means. Don't go there, follow God's order, follow God's process. It's not saying just do whatever you desire. That's what got him to that point in the first place, in some sense. But what it's saying here is there's a time for this to happen, but it's not now. So he's saying those things that really are meant for marriage, it's not now. And again, with all grace and mercy there from God and Jesus, you know, it's like, that, listen, there's a new beginning here. If you've gotten to that point, trust him, trust him. He makes all things new. Fresh start, new beginnings. I love that. But what's, what they're saying here is let love develop God's way. God's way, not the world's way. What's God's way? Spiritual attraction first. Emotional attraction second. Physical attraction third. And can I say it this way? God's way works. The wisest man that ever lived, writing to you and I, God's way and God's way works. My heart and my hope in this message in this series is that we don't find ourselves discouraged or feeling bad, but we find the hope that is Jesus in having a new beginnings, but looking at God's standard, knowing that none of us really truly measure up, but with the personal work of the Holy Spirit that we can strive for a better way. That if we've bought into the world's way, we've been programmed a certain way that we can reprogram ourselves back in line with God's standard and God's way and experience it as God always intended without guilt, without remorse, without regret. Enjoy all the wonders and things that God, have, that God has for us. And understand again, he makes everything new. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.